Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. Today's Shear will be on Parshas Bracious. And I would like to discuss certain aspects of the Torah's ideal for the relationships between males and females. I don't feel qualified to give a overview of this topic. It's a very complex, deep topic. But I do think that I can point out a couple of interesting ideas that we can see from the Psukim and the Rashi near the beginning of the whole Torah. And we begin with Perak Aleph, Pasuk Chav Zayin. Elokim Eso Adam, Bitsalmai. And God created Adam, Bitsalmo, in his image. That is a very important discussion, how to truly understand that idea of image. I'm not going to go into that now. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Let's see Rashi on the last few words of the Pasuk. The Rashi here starts with a question, with a kasha. Later it says, just a chapter later in the Chumash, it says that Hashem took one of the sides, as Rashi explains, took one of Adam's sides, one side of his body, and built it into the Isha. So we have here a contradiction. Our Pasuk says, right here at the, at the, on the sixth day of creation, it says that Hashem created Adam, Zohar, Unakeva, male and female. Sounds like there was a man and there was a woman. Later, in a later Pasuk, where the Torah is recounting the, the act of creation, the Torah says that uh, Adam was alone, and Hashem took off uh, one of his sides, he took off a piece of him, and he made the woman. So it's a contradiction. So Rashi answers, Midrash Agada, there is a Midrash that answers as follows. Shibara'on, shtei partsufais. The Midrash says, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created them, meaning the human being, with two faces. Adam HaRishayn was half male, half female. Exactly in what form, that's not, that's not for me to, to delve into at the moment, but Adam HaRishayn was both male and female. Bria Rishayna, that was his original creation. The Acharkach, and later, Chalakoi, later HaKadosh Baruch Hu, split him so that the male side walked away this way and the female side became separate over there. And of course, this is the, the world as we know it, that there are separate male and female human beings. Now, before we get to any of the, uh, any of the philosophy behind this, any of the, uh, any of the uh, Musa that we can derive from this, let me first involve myself with, myself with a technical question. 
I have said many times, I've mentioned many times that Rashi's shita, Rashi's methodology is, as he puts it in his own words, the Yashev HaMikroyas Al-Sidram. He intends to uh, resolve and explain the Psukim Al-Sidram in the order in which they come. And part of what that means is that if you will look carefully at all the Rashi's, all over Chumash, you will generally find that when there is some sort of contradiction between one Pasuk and another, or perhaps not an actual contradiction, but some difference between the way the Torah says something in one place and the way the Torah says the same thing in a different place. Generally speaking, on the first Pasuk, Rashi won't make a comment. He will only comment on the contradiction or on the change when he comes to the second Pasuk. And this is easy enough to understand logically. If the Torah says that uh, the sky is blue in, a, in an early Pasuk, well then, okay, so the sky is blue. If there's another Pasuk somewhere later on that says that the sky is green, we'll deal with that when we come to it. There's no reason to, to begin worrying about it when we're just reading the Pasuk that says that the sky is blue. Here, Rashi seems to be breaking his own rule because here he is in Perak Aleph, Pasuk Chav Zayin, and it says that HaKadosh Baruch who created mankind, Zohar Unakeva, with males and females, apparently. That seems to be the meaning of the Pasuk. And Rashi gets nervous, so to speak. Wait a minute. But it says in a later Pasuk in Perak Base that HaKadosh Baruch Hu took a piece of Adam Arishain and built it into Chava, built it into the woman. So Rashi seems to be bothered by a contradiction based on a later Pasuk, which seems to go against his own shita, his own methodology. The answer to this can be found in the Sefer Maskil the David. The Sefer Maskil the David and some other Mephoshim, they tell us a very surprising rule about Rashi's commentary on the Torah. And the rule, the Maskil the David, he calls this the Hergishmi Bechutz. And he says that whenever Rashi explicitly raises a question, that's never his real question. Now, let's backtrack a moment. In most places, Rashi does not tell us explicitly what his question is. Rashi simply tells us what the Pasuk means. That's our job to go back and say, well, why is he saying this? Is there something in the Pasuk which prompted him to say, say this? Is there some difficulty in the grammar of the Pasuk or the way the words are put together or, or the content of the Pasuk? And usually, with a little bit of thinking, one can find the source in the Pusik, one can find the problem, quote unquote, in the Pusik that prompted Rashi to make his comment. However, in a minority of places, a significant minority, but in a minority of places, Rashi uh, speaks out his question. He asks a question explicitly. Comes along the Maskil David, and he says that when Rashi does that, that's not his real question. Really, he has another question, which is in the Pasuk itself. He's asking the other question in order to get to the answer because he feels that the question number two and its answer will also answer the question that Rashi is really concerned with, which is in the Pasuk itself. So the Mosque of the David applies this idea to this Rashi here. He says as follows. 
if you look at the Pusik, there's actually a problem in this Pusik itself without ever looking at any other Pusik. What's the problem? It says, that Hashem created Adam. He created Oso him. Hashem created him. Him, Oso means one. Male and female, he created Osam means them, meaning at least two. So the Pasuk itself seems to contradict itself. First it says, Hashem created man who was an Oso, a singular. And then it, in the same Pasuk, in the same breath, it says he created him, he created them, male and female. So the Masculine the David says that in order to answer this question, Rashi looked into the Midrash and he found that the Midrash raises a different question. The Midrash, the style of the Midrash is just the opposite of Rashi. The style of the Midrash is it loves to relate one Pusik to another. And it doesn't matter what order they come, come in. The, the, the Midrash could be looking at a Pusik in Bracious and it will ask Akashi on it from Eoiv. Doesn't matter the order. That is the style of Midrash. And Rashi found in the Midrash a question that the Midrash raises, that here it says that mankind was created and later it says that it seems to say that mankind was created male and the female was then fashioned later out of a part of the male. And the Midrash answers that really HaKadosh Baruch Hu created Adam as a two-part creature, as a male-female creature, all in one. And then later HaKadosh Baruch Hu split him, split it, split this creature into two separate creatures, one male, one female. So the Midrash, the answer that the Midrash gives serves as an answer to Rashi's question also. And although the Maskil the David doesn't say this clearly, but it is my very strong belief that this, so to speak, uh, exempts Rashi from his normal rule of not asking from later Pesukim, because really, is Rashi's question is not from a later Pusik. His real question is on this Pusik itself, why it says Oso and then Osam. All this that he got involved with another Pusik was only a way of coming to the answer. But what really is concerning Rashi is a question on the Pusik itself. What is the, what can be learned from this, this really astounding piece of Midrash that mankind was, was originally created as one being that had both male and female aspects. And I think that we see from this that the, the ideal state of the male-female relationship is one of absolute unity. That's the ideal. Of course, it's very difficult for a man and a wife to be absolutely unified, but that is really the ideal state, that they should become one. Now, unity, does not mean sameness. It doesn't mean that everything the man does, the woman does, and vice versa. That doesn't have to be so. But it does mean that there is harmony, respect, and equality between two parties who have different roles. That is the ideal that every man and wife must strive for, is an absolute unity and harmony to regain that primordial state of actually being one. Let's take a further look at a, let's take a look at another Pusik now, which I think also sheds light 
on this on the male female relationship as it was established by the Torah by Yakadish Baruch. We read later in Perak base Pasik Yudches, one of the most famous Sukkim in the Torah. And Hashem God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make for him a helper for him. I will make a helper for him. Now, Rashi says something rather surprising on these words, Ezer Kenegdo. He's quoting a Midrash. I think uh, most people, certainly uh, uh, people who uh, only know Torah from English translations, they translate this Pasuk. Uh, it's not good for the man to be alone. So Esole Ezer Kenegdo, I will make him a, a helper who will be there for him. Rashi doesn't say this. Rashi says Ezer Kenegdo. He says, Zacha, if the man merits, if he's good, if he behaves, Azer, then his wife will be a help. Lo Zacha, but if he does not merit, he's not such a good boy, and he doesn't merit, the woman will be Kenegdai. She will be against him to fight. She will be able to fight against him. Now, this word Kenegdo, if we go to a... Uh, to a concordancia, if we go to a to a uh, index of all psukim in Tanakh, I don't think we find in, even in one place where the word connect means against in the sense of a, an enemy of a of a uh, of an adversary. If we take a look at some of the psukim in Sefer Bracious, here is a online concordancia. Um, the first two psukim are this Pasuk that Rashi is talking about, and another Pasuk that Rashi explains the same way, in the same story. But going to further Psukim, it says regarding uh, Hagar, when she was out in the desert and her son Yishmael was, uh, was ill and lying in the desert, very thirsty, it says, She went and she stood afar. She went, she stood across from him. At a distance, that one could shoot an arrow because she didn't want to look. So there, what does the word mineged mean? It means across from. It says uh, when uh, Lovin came chasing after Yaakov and his family and he was looking for his and he was looking for his idols that in fact his daughter Rachel had taken. So he said, Yaakov said, the one with whom you're your gods, your idols will be found. Lo yichye, he will not live. Neged achenu haker lecho, mo imadi. In front of your brothers, please recognize, please take note of what is with me. In other words, look, we're all brethren here. These are your grandchildren. These are your brothers that you, your, 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 your family, that your own family that you came with. They're all here. We're in front of all of them. Go, check me out. See what I have. And another pasuk. We'll go to number seven over here. Uh, when Asaph and Yaakov finally met after many years of estrangement, and it turned out to be a friendly meeting, and Asaph even made the following nice offer. Whether he really meant it to be nice or he had some other intent, it's not the topic now. But Yomer and and uh, Asaph said, "Nisav and Elecha, 
let's go, travel and let's go. And I will go across from you. I will go near you. You'll travel and I'll, you'll travel over here and I'll travel over here and we'll, we'll be going together in the same direction. And many, many other psukim. I don't think there's one Pusik that you will find where you have the word keneged or neged, meaning against as an adversary, the way Rashi says here. So how can we, un- why did Rashi do this? And I think to understand this, we can consult one of the other great Mephoshim for contrast. Rabbi David Kimchi, Radak, who lived from the years 1235 to 1360, one of the great commentators on Tanakh, known for his very uh, simple approach, meaning he did not go too much for Midrashim, not as much as Rashi did. The Radak looked for the simple meaning of the Pasuk, the simple grammatical meaning. Now, let's see how the Radak explains this Pasuk. It is not good for the man to be alone. He says, It's not good that he should be alone without any chevra, without any friends, without any group to be a part of. In other words, the problem that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is addressing here is, is that it would not be healthy for Odom to be without friends and companions. He would be lonely. And therefore, what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu say? Ezer, I will make for him a help. Radak says, This Ezer, this other being, this woman that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is proposing to create, will, will be a helper to Odom. When it will be necessary. Kamosha Amar, as it says in a Pasuk in Kohelis, Tovim Hashnayim Min Two are always better than one. And Radak continues here and he comments specifically on the word Kinegdo. He says, Kinegdo means that this other being, this woman that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to now create, will be in front of Adam, Tamid, and it will he will be, she will be for his help, always Lisharsai to serve him. So Kinegda means next to him, with him, whenever it is necessary for him to be served. Uh, by the way, if this doesn't sound uh, particularly uh, 21st century style, that the woman is there Lisharsai, so be it. This is what the Radak says. Whoops, that was a mistake. Not the Radak. I made a mistake. Now, that's how the Radak understands the Pasek. The problem was loneliness. The solution is Hashem is going to make for Adam Harishain a helpful companion who is going to be with him, who is going to be connected, meaning at his side. Let's, however, take a look at Rashi. How did Rashi understand the problem that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was addressing? Rashi says, And here also, Rashi explains it according to a Midrash, and a rather surprising Midrash. I think you could go over this Pasuk again and again and again, and you would understand, is the way the Radak said it. That seems to be the very simple meaning of the Pasuk. It's not good for a person to be on his own. But Rashi doesn't say that. He says, Because Baruch Hu was concerned that creatures should not say 
that there are two Rishuyos, that there are two powers in the world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Be'ayinim Yachid, HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the upper supernal realms is Yachid, he is singular, he is, he, he's the one. Ve'em le'izug, he has no partner. It's true there are some malachim of different categories and different levels, but there's nothing that can, can even remotely approximate HaKadosh Baruch Baruch Hu. And this Adam is B'tachtoinim. He's all alone in the lower realms, down on this earth. There's no, I mean, before the animals were created, there's nothing. Even when the animals are created, they don't compare to an Adam. And he has no partner. So Rashi is saying the problem is that the existence of one single human being could lead to, to idolatry, could lead to incorrect ideas about the Bria. It could lead, I'm not sure who it would lead to this, but it could lead to creatures thinking that there is more than one God, chas v'shalom. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I will make for Adam an Ezer. Now Rashi says, Ezer k'negdoi, zacha, if Adam merits, Ezer. So then his companion will be his helper. But if he is not Zoycha, if he doesn't merit, if he doesn't deserve it, this woman, this companion who is going to be created for him will be will be against him to fight. Now, why does Rashi say that? Well, if we think about it, it makes perfect sense. Because if according to Rashi, the problem was that if there would be one single human being, that would lead to false ideas that would lead to to creatures thinking that there's more than one God, well then, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu would create for him a, a nice servant girl, as it almost sounds like from the Radak, that the woman will be there, the Ezra Tamid the Sharsai, that the woman is there to constantly serve the man. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu would create woman as somewhat of a lesser creature than man, well, then the problem comes right back. Because certainly Adam is greater than all other creations in this lower world. He's greater than the trees and the fish and the, and he's greater than all of that. And if he's greater than the female companion that is created for him, if her job is only to be Mishores, if her job is only to help him, but she's really secondary, well, then he's greater than her also. And it comes back the same problem, that in the upper realms, there is one, there is a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And in the lower realms, there would also be one. There would be Adam. And nobody, nobody comes close to him. Nobody is as great as him. And therefore, that wouldn't solve the problem. The only thing that would solve the problem that Rashi, that Rashi presents is to create a companion for Adam who has the ability to be who can fight against him. Although the word connecto doesn't usually have that adversarial meaning in the Torah, but according to the way Rashi understood the problem, the solution has to be that, that Chava, that the woman has this capability. 
She is equal to other Marishan to the point that she can even fight with him. What are some of the lessons that we can glean from this? They're numerous. First of all, according to Rashi here, women are not inferior to men. If they would be, this kasha, this problem of would not have been solved. It must be that women are equivalent to men. They're not the same. That would be boring. They're not the same, but they're not inferior. That's number one. Number two, if you sometimes quarrel with your wife, that just proves, that just shows that you're human. That is how humanity was set up. That's how humanity was created by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that there has to be a male and a female, and they are equal, they are separate but equal, they are different, they are equal but different, and their relationship can become adversarial. It can happen. Because if that would never happen, there would be a problem of And then I think another thing that I, that I think is very interesting, that is known about the Radak, that he was very much a philosopher. He was very much uh, from those Rishonim who studied uh, Greek philosophy and who supported the Rambam's uh, extensive use of philosophy to discuss the Torah. He was on the side of that uh, con controversy. He was on the philosopher side. Rashi, to the best of our knowledge, was not, although I don't know of any place where Rashi specifically gets involved in the, in the, in the controversy, but certainly Rashi, uh, we don't see much philosophy per se from Rashi. We see ideas, we see hashkafa, but it all comes from the Torah itself. It doesn't come from philosophical sources. It's interesting that of these two Mephoshim, Radak and Rashi, the one who seems to have the more contemporary modern approach to the relationship between males and females is the old fashioned purveyor of Midrashim, Rashi. We tend to think of Radak and Rambam and Ibn Ezra as, as so to speak, more modern than those uh, French and Ashkenazi uh, rabbis of the times of the in, the, in the Middle Ages who didn't study philosophy and didn't know much about science and, and just, uh, just poured over the tomes of the Talmud and the Medrash. But in this case, very interesting that the more progressive approach, progressive quote unquote, a lot of what passes for progressivism is barbarism. But in this case, what appears to be the more progressive modern outlook on the relationships between male and females is that of Rashi, the so-called traditionalist rabbi. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash